Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Welcome back to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. That show is being brought to you by Advertising Age Magazine. Visit online at adage.com. The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. And uh, for this, uh, let's see, second week of the brand new year, we've got a very special guest out of Manhattan, out of New York, Mel Sokach, author of Shortcuts to the Obvious. Mel has uh, not only written the book, which, by the way, is his first, Brad, but we have, um, he's been around the, uh, the block a few times, so to speak, in the advertising industry as well. Foot Conan Belding, Ted Bates, Gray, you've heard of them, right? Yeah. He's also the fine gentleman who fired Madge, the manicurist, Brad. And, uh, we're going to talk to him about that because Madge was never the same. Never got any parts, you know, lived homeless with a bunch of cats later on <laughs> in life. And it's all Mel's fault. So that's, that's true. So it goes. It's, it's sad. This has been a big week, Brad. Uh, we had, uh, let's see, uh, with Apple, the the iPod phone. Did you did you see that? No. There's an article. Uh, there was an article er- earlier in the week. Uh, Apple computer. Uh, Steve Jobs introduced a mobile telephone based on the best-selling iPod device and changed the company's name to Apple Inc., uh, highlighting on the uh, reliance on consumer electronics. So hmm. uh, the iPhone is going to be available. It's not it's not a, a cheap either. It's uh, in the United States uh, here this coming June at about four ninety nine for a four gig version. And five ninety nine for an eight gig version. Man, the early digital workstations that we used to use in the recording industry had one gigabyte. Okay, hmm. <laughs> give you an idea. And the good news for you shareholders of Apple, uh, the basically the the. the Stocks closed higher today uh, on the good news, potentially, that the uh, sales will increase by more than a billion bucks. Okay? So congratulations to Steve and his new phone. And I understand some of the stuff that I read about that, Brad, said it was a dial phone. Wouldn't that hmm. be cool, a dial it, telephone? It's, it sounds very interesting. In fact, uh, you know, a lot's been out. I'm going to ask you, did, did, the, uh, did that announcement come out through the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas this Yes, past it did, week? as a matter of fact. Yeah. That was the big news. Yeah, lots, uh, lots being churned uh, publicity-wise through that event. I've got a few items myself. Before I get to that, how much are you enjoying, as hopefully as much as I am, Ray? All of the, uh, you know, all of the diet commercials, the gut busters, the 24-hour fitnesses. Oh, you know, now that. that everybody's ready to get back into the swing of things and Please. you know unload that 50 pounds that you. Uh, that you gained between uh, Thanksgiving and, and New Year's, right? Yeah, not really. No, you very, and I behave ourselves, but very, you know, uh, very tired of those uh, commercials. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, most of the folks who who tr- take that route will end up putting it back on again because right. those are not the solutions. Those are only a little uh, kind of a. I don't know, uh, a repair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we tell them about the new book we're coming out with in 07? Possibly so, yeah. It's a it's a diet book. Ray and I both are co-authoring it. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, a two-page book. Yeah. On the Which left side of the... yours, by the way? Well, I wrote the left side and you wrote the right, the right but just side. because I'm setting it up, why don't you tell them both well, what my part is, is... Eat less is Brad's uh, page. Uh, right, and then what's exercise yours? Exercise more is mine. Yeah. So we're going to put the entire uh, health uh, industry out of business. VNU, uh, you, know you know what we ought to do with that What's book? that? An audio book. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's, that's a great idea. Thank you. Uh, would it be both? It would be multi-CD track, I guess. It would be, all of 10 seconds. Yeah. That's right. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was going to mention VNU, uh, owner of many companies, including Nielsen. Nielsen uh, came out with a... Uh, 
uh, most popular list for 07 that I, or 06 I should say that I've held on to for uh, shows throughout the early part of the year. Top TV programs uh, from Nielsen Media Research regularly scheduled. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I'm not going to go through all ten, but the top uh, top three: yeah. American Idol Tuesday, American Idol Wednesday. No yeah. <laughs> no surprise there. And then Dancing with the Stars, which was a big hit. Yeah. And what what the other interesting thing is here is a single telecast top TV programs for 06 mm-hmm. Super Bowl uh, uh, what, what Super Bowl is it it's uh, this last year 30 well let's no. see because yeah, I've got a winner of the Super Bowl coming up here what does it say it doesn't matter it's, yeah. it's, well, it's one of the uh, double digit Super Bowl well the, the, the top two was the Super Bowl last year is the way I should have said it yeah. and the Super Bowl post game oh and then number three was the Academy Awards. That's single telecast 06. I'll be throwing these out from time to time, but, I mean, you could have guessed, really, both of those, couldn't you? Probably so. problem I have with that is there was no kitchen renovated during any of those shows. Okay? <laughs> so you got to have that, too, to be a successful show. That's true. A la AK or HGTV or TLC or something like that. The, the kitchen makeover, home makeover, those are popular shows. Not as popular as they used to be. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they've been cutting speaking, back. They've been cutting back a lot. Uh, hey, can we get? Let's get to. Yeah. I, I forgot to mention we got Patrick Meyer with us here on the advertising show. Uh, it's called the Marketing Insider. It's uh, a topic called Third Screen. I wonder what he's talking about. I think I know. Let's listen. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. Today I'm going to talk to you about what I call the third screen. It's a little bit of fast forward on where technology will be in fusion with marketing. 75 million cell phones are out there now. People are bailing on their home phones. 3G technology is coming quick. It's already there with some of the carriers, and it's delivering video over cell phones. So my question to you is, do you have the third screen built into your marketing plan? First screen is TV. Yes, it's true. The second screen is a computer screen, and many of you are still struggling over that. But the third screen needs to be there right with the first and the second one. Many of you are out there thinking, well, we do our network TV. We do our radio, our print. We do our in-store marketing, POS. What do I need the cell phone for? Why would I bring in this third screen? Well, I'm going to show you how and why you need to do that. The why is that millions of people are using it every day. It's their lifestyle communicator. It will be their lifestyle TV. It will be their iPod for music. It will be their everything. One day they will be buying soft drinks and other stuff, just walking up with their cell phone and a signal's emitted and they've made a purchase. That's why you want to be on their number one device in their world. The how is all about technology. What technology is near in that you can embrace over the next 12 to 18 months? but also keeping an eye on the future. So cell phones yield mobile episodes, SMS texting, promotions that are immediate, surveys, surprise and delight of new things that come your way, ringtones, images on wallpapers and screensavers, all on your cell phone. And there's more coming as 3G evolves. Now focus on the following things. Your next year's marketing plan and advertising plan How can you bring the cell phone in as a third screen? You need to be working on them over the next six months for the following couple years. I'm Patrick Meyer, and remember, the marketing revolution is now. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. That's Patrick Meyer. Thanks, Patrick. And, uh, Brad, you had started to mention before we, before we jumped in with this. What was well, that you about? said it, you set it up beautifully. You talked about ratings and how the home shows or home improvement shows are not as uh, popular as they once were. And of course, we're all really sick of the, uh, 
uh, much to do about uh, Rosie and, and Trump, right, at each other's throats? That's ridiculous. Well, uh, staying with the the theme of ratings going into the tank, uh, sixth season premiere of The Apprentice uh, a week ago today, Sunday, yeah. uh, cratered uh, for its worst ever premiere. The Apprentice averaged a 4.1 uh, ratings among 1849 adults, according to Nielsen Overnights, which is down 8% from last year. The 90-minute premiere quickly lost 20% of what it's called as a the lead-in from its pre, uh, prior program. Greece, which is a, a, a very popular program, lost 20% of that audience. Wow. Uh, NBC has even kept the show off uh, through the fall schedule for all of us have been waiting for it. Not really. Yeah. Uh, hoping to build anticipation in a way that uh, other reality programs have uh, have worked. So uh, hmm. no surprise there, I guess. Maybe the Donald should play golf with Rosie sometime, right? In a not very windy climate. Yeah, right, exactly. Mel Sokoch, author of Shortcuts to the Obvious, coming up next on The Advertising Show. Stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Schillens and Brad Forsyth. You know me. Would you believe I'm Bugs Bunny? I'm also the voice of many other cartoon characters. But in here, they don't care if I'm Elmer Fudd. So I carry an American Express card. The one card I need for travel and entertaining. For Back on the advertising show, it's Ray Schillens, well, Brad Forsyth, and a special guest uh, with a brand new book called uh, uh, Shortcuts to the Obvious. Mel Sokach, ad man extraordinaire. It says it right there in his bio. An author of the new uh, Shortcuts to the Obvious, How to Get More Effective Advertising More Efficiently. One of advertising's most sought-after consultants, uh, providing expertise in both big agencies and big business. Mel, your mom wrote this for you, didn't she? I'm I think, sorry? Did your, mom, did your mom wrote this about you, I'm sure. She, she helped me write it, indeed. Very good. Over yeah, the she course. She did a good job. <laughs> she, she did. 30-year career. Uh, Mel has worked at uh, Ted Bates, Gray, most recently the executive VP at Foot Cone and Belding. He helped create memorable uh, national ad campaigns for packaged goods, pharmaceutical giants, M&M Mars, Campbell Soup, Colgate Palmolive, Eli Lilly, Kraft, Nabisco, Merck, and Pfizer. And basically he uh, is quoted here saying, I'm the one who killed off Madge. Uh, the manicurist. Shame on you, Mel. That, that, was a, that was a mean thing to do. I mean, there are a few people that do remember Madge, like Brad and I can relate to that, being boomers uh, or of the mm-hmm. early 50s, but uh, you're absolutely right. Hey, it's uh, great to have you here on the advertising show. Welcome. Well, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm thrilled to be with you guys today. Well, yeah, and it's our pleasure. And just to let all of our listeners know, Ray and I are soaking in it. But that will will determine what that is later. You know, before Mel, we start talking about uh, your book. Tell us a little bit about the current rebranding of Krispy Kreme. I mean, is it really possible to reinvent what, for many, consider the king of all sugar saturated foods? Well, listen, I'm not sure that uh, we're going to rebrand it or recreate it. I I think the objective for uh, Krispy Kreme, and um, I'm happy that you brought up Krispy Kreme because it's one of my uh, my consulting uh, relationships at at, at the moment. I'm helping them get into advertising for the first time. But, uh, you know, this product has been around since uh, since 1937. It has a very, very loyal franchise. It's focused mostly in the the Midwest and, and in the South. And uh, there's an extraordinary amount of loyalty behind Krispy Kreme. People just, uh, you know, love the product, come, you know, and 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 and, and uh, buy it on a, on a on a very regular basis. What we're attempting to do is, for the first time, advertise it, and uh, we're testing. Um, so we'll be testing some advertising in a, in a couple of markets. We think we can expand usage. 
um, not only in terms of uh, the number of people who uh, partake in Krispy Kreme, but the frequency with, with which they partake in Krispy Kreme. And uh, if we can do that uh, in, in a couple of markets, we'll uh, expand the campaign on, on uh, you know, a much, much broader basis. But uh, here's a terrific product that has been around for a long time. And yes, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a sweet good. Um, but, uh, you know, most people out there partake in sweet goods from time to time. And uh, we think we can, uh, with, with, with a little bit of advertising, get more people enjoying it more often. Yeah, well, it'll be uh, interesting because and, and through our uh, great associate producer, Carol Juarez, we were able to determine that, of course, you had involvement with uh, the rebranding of Krispy Kremes. And, and, you know, it'll be interesting. We'll keep an eye on that because they've done a great deal of expansion over the past several years, and they've done uh, a great deal of success uh, from the consumer standpoint without uh, little to, to any advertising. So we'll keep an eye on things and see how you do. And it's great because you've got a clean slate to work off of and and uh, uh, we'll see where you might take their, their business. You know, your, your book, Shortcuts to the Obvious, starts with legendary journalist Edward R. Murrow's right. famous statement, the obscure takes time to see, the obvious takes longer. Right. So, Mel, how does this relate to advertising? It's a, great, it's, a, it's a great question. Look, I've been in the business for a long time, you know, in the neighborhood of 30 years. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a great business full of great creativity and terrifically smart people. But at the end of the day, I mean, great advertising is actually quite it, – it's in many respects very, very obvious. Um, this is not, uh, you know, putting the business down. This is, this is not, quote, you know, very, very high science. It, it's taking the obvious and explain it in, in, in interesting, clear, simple ways. I mean, let's take, um, you know, and, and, and where it comes from is this. I've been involved in many, many creative exploratories, and it's easy to, to get into a, uh, an intellectual corner and see things in ways that uh, aren't, uh, aren't, aren't, aren't clear and aren't right and what, and, and what have you. And I've been in many exploratories. Or involved in many exploratories where, you know, nine months later, there the, uh, the, 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 the solution is right, you know, before us. And uh, it's invariably incredibly simple. So I mean, you're, you're a great example. Um, you know, Magic Manicurus is, uh, is, is, is a wonderful example. It was a great campaign that ran for something like 25 years. But, uh, you know, Palmolive in those days was up against Dawn. Dawn is from P&G, and Dawn was positioned to uh, be a, a great uh, a grease remover. It was a tough grease remover. Mover. Um, and in order to compete, um, Palmala decided, look, we're not only going to, you know, do a good job against Greece, but we're going to give, you know, that housewife way back when, I mean, the world has changed considerably since then, another reason to, uh, to use Palmala, and we're going to soften hands. Not only are we going to clean dishes, dishes but we're going to soften hands. Now, how can we take that softens, softening hands dimension and... Uh, and, and, and explain it in a way that was uh, unique and, uh, and, and relevant. Well, you know, the guys at the time came up with this notion of let's get a manicurist to, uh, to use it to uh, soften nails, you know, before a, man before a manicure. And uh, what could be, you know, more soft, more gentle than, uh, than something like that? So it mm -hmm. was, uh, at the end of the day, a very obvious solution to, um, you know, to, to, to an obvious problem. So uh, I, I think great advertising at the end of the day is, is in many respects, quite obvious. Do you think that uh, ad agency people have had a, a motive in trying to make things more complicated than they need to be so that a client can, can see value, I guess, in the relationship back to the agency? That's a, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think, uh, yes, certainly there are some um, agencies and some agency groups and some agency people that, uh, 
you know, for my money, um, uh, attempt to complicate uh, and, and add a level of uh, even unnecessary sophistication to, uh, to, to a business that um, is, is not ultimately that, that, that difficult. But I think uh, smart marketers who, uh, to, who understand the value of advertising and understand where it fits in, invariably hew towards the simple. Um, I, I heard you guys talking about uh, Apple uh, a, a little while ago, and uh, I think Steve Jobs, I don't know him, but I, I, I know his work and, and I know some of the advertising that he has encouraged. I mean, if you look at some of the Apple advertising, at the end of the day, it's very simple. It's very obvious. It's hugely creative at the end of the day, but it's really quite obvious. Let's take, uh, you know, iPod, for instance. Uh, those, uh, those kids in silhouette, you know, hooked into their iPods, dancing away. I mean, at, at the end of the day, iPod is about a very individual kind of experience. I can be listening to music, having a terrific time with this iPod. I mean, others might, you know, other MP3 uh, manufacturers might decide, look, we've got a real sophisticated, technically sophisticated product here. We have to talk about, you know, its sophistication. We have to talk about its design. We have to talk about the programming that went into this thing. Jobs and his agency, um, I think it's Chai a Day, decided, look, let's go to that end, end, end benefit of, of, of that kid or that teenager or that young adult enjoying himself by himself with this music. It's a very simple idea. There, there are no words. And in many respects, it's quite obvious. And, and guess what? It's worked brilliantly. Yeah. And, you know, uh, for those that may not be aware, there were many other companies out there trying to market an MP3 player, and iPod uh, sure. broke through the clutter and did an outstanding job. Ray and I have both uh, commented on many occasions about the uh, great work uh, that iPod has allowed their agency to do for them, and I guess that brings around the, the question of, of clients' willingness to have agencies take risk. And, and uh, you know, it's easy for an agency, I guess, to come up with a risky idea, but it's really a reflection of the client and the client's willingness to allow an agency to do that kind of work, don't you think, Mel? No, there's no question. That's, and, and that's, you know, that, that's the, um, you know, the, the riddle of the Sphinx in the advertising business. How, how do you, um, you know, con- convince a, a client who tends to be, you know, I mean, clients, uh, there are many, Steve Jobs is obviously, you know, a, a very creative client, if, if you will, but to convince the client to take a shot on something that's abstract, it's something that is, quote, creative, something that we haven't seen before, um, you know, takes some doing. And I think, and I talk about this in the book, and I think that's where research comes in. I, I think an objective client, I, if, uh, I, I used to talk about, uh, you know, to some clients about the, um, the Andy Warhol Price Waterhouse Continuum. And if you think about that for a second, Andy Warhol, on the one hand, is like an art director. Price Waterhouse is an accountant. How do you bring those two together, agreeing on an abstract, aver- uh, an abstract advertising I- idea? Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, hold on to that response, Mel, and uh, get it uh, get the answer to that in just a okay. moment here. On the advertising show, it's Ray Schillen's Brad Forsyth, and our special guest is Mel Sokach. Stay with us. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Stronger than dirt. 
It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, our special guest out of Manhattan, and uh, the uh, actually the guy who actually manufactured a brand new type of cologne this past week in Manhattan. It was called Gas, uh, and they had a very successful run with that, with some viral marketing and also some very unexpected marketing. Mel, Mel so- uh, Sokoch is author of Shortcuts to the Obvious, How to Get More Effective Advertising More Efficiently Out of Manhattan. Welcome back to the Advertising Show, Mel. Okay. Yeah, and sorry, I uh, had to interrupt uh, during the break there. Do you want to pick up where you were uh, interrupted, please, Mel? Okay, so the issue was how, how does uh, you know, a highly creative agency convince a, uh, a quote, more conservative client to, uh, to buy, to, to approve uh, a, a very abstract idea, an idea that the client might not ordinarily feel comfortable with? Well, if you're going to break through all the clutter out there, good advertising has to be on strategy, but it has to be unique and different, and, and uh, the best advertising advertising is highly creative and, and, and often like nothing that we've seen before. So um, a good agency will, will put together a, uh, an exploratory, come to um, his or her client with, with, with a number of different ideas, some perhaps a little bit more traditional, but some, you know, like, like none that we've ever seen before. And uh, at, at, at that point, the way to decide or to wait, the way to help a client who has no, you know, who has less experience with the abstract decide on this abstract idea, an idea that, uh, again, he or she may, may not feel all of that comfortable with, is, is advertising research. Um, I, I think that uh, advertising research uh, plays an incredibly important role when it comes to creative advertising because there the client doesn't have to take much risk to decide whether this abstract idea, this idea, Idea that again, he or she might not feel that uh, that comfortable with really does make sense to the consumer out there. So, you know, the the, the great agency can get highly creative advertising on the air, get 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 uh, their clients approving and applauding and embracing highly creative advertising. The way to do it is is to test the advertising on a low cost basis first with a limited sample, and 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 with those numbers, with that quantitative proof. Um, uh, most clients will feel much more comfortable going forward with an idea that uh, they might not ordinarily have uh, have warmed to, if you will. So, um, good research leads to great creative advertising. I'm not sure that all agree with that, but uh, it certainly has been my experience. Well, I think it's got to be founded on something, and and certainly it's good to be able to point back to empirical evidence as opposed to just opinions, because if we're creating, uh, I suppose, advertising campaigns on opinions, then, you know, are we accommodating our client or someone else in the room or whatever the case may be? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, You know, uh, and by the way, uh, great book, I must say. Ray and I both uh, read your book, and and Mel, you've got an outstanding uh, book, and I recommend to all of our listeners Mm to check out uh, Shortcuts to the Obvious. Your subhead of your book, How to Get More Effective Advertising More Efficiently, I think is probably something everyone's looking to do today. Who, who would be the ideal reader for your book? Is this more client side or agency side, or well, who's, who do you appeal to? It, it's, I mean, it's, it's written to anybody in the advertising business, anybody who is in the uh, in, in the advertising you know decision making process. But if I had to see, if, if I had to say who is it primarily for, it's more for clients than for 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 for, for agency people. Not that anybody in the agency business wouldn't you know, uh, understand it and learn from it. But it's really fundamentally, you know, um, targeted to clients. 
I, I have um, subjects in there like uh, how to approach a, um, a creative exploratory. Um, what are the key issues to look for when it comes to uh, television production? What are the ten things you know one should know when it comes to media buying and planning? So it's it's somewhat more aimed at the uh, at, at at clients with. Um, you know, the objective of giving them at each step along the way three or four or five fundamental principles to focus on and, and not get too hung up on all the detail and all the, you know, the, I guess, unnecessary uh, <laughs> jargon and sophistication out there. There are a couple of things that count along at each point along the way, and what I try to do is really just lay them out in, in an interesting, fun, relevant uh uh, manner. Hopefully, I, su- I succeeded. Yeah, and I think you did. And and you know, Ray, Ray's uh, business and how he's been making a living for living for many years has been. Uh, here, here comes. In, but, in, no, this is, I'm being legitimate here because I'm about to set up this question. Uh, is in the uh, in production side of the business, and I wanted to ask a question that's near and dear to his heart, and yet we all struggle with this. And and that is, you know, how much uh, should a commercial cost, or how much should a client invest in a commercial? I know we've said repeatedly here on the show that uh, oftentimes a, a client will spend a, a great deal of money on media and then they will poor boy their their production budget, which in effect just makes sure that you get a poor execution of the message in front of the right people, uh, assuming that your media buy is, is properly crafted. But, you know, I think you, you speak a lot uh, and very well, I might add, Mel, about uh, production and production costs. If a client out there is listening in and they're thinking, you know, okay, maybe I am guilty of trying to save some money on production how much should i spend and let's uh, let's see if we can do that in 60 seconds well that, it, it, it's a great question the fact of the matter is it it, it all I'll, I'll give you some specifics but it really all depends i mean uh the forays for instance every year puts out a uh, a summary of on what of what commercials cost and the average um 30 second network television commercial these days and i'm talking average is around three hundred and fifty thousand dollars that's that's a, a you know you can argue that that's a great deal of money i have seen terrific advertising shot for a hundred thousand dollars and i've seen terrible advertising shot for a million dollars uh and even a million and a half dollars um the, the cost of a television commercial is directly related to the complexity of the of, of the of the commercial concept, um, there are many good talking head commercials out there that cut to the chase, that get to the point, that have relevant good people making the uh, you know laying out the proposition that costs a hundred a hundred and fifty two hundred thousand dollars. They can be enormously effective. Um, so it really really depends. Um, I, I, it's 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 hard. Um, it's a, it's a hard question to answer with any sort of, um, you know, um, um, specificity. The way that I approach it is is I I, I will um, ask a cl- I, I will talk with a client first about how much money they have in media, and and that will help us determine approximately how much they should be spending in sure. production. If you've got five million dollars in media, it's it doesn't make any sense to spend a million dollars in production. It probably makes sense to spend you know a hundred or two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars in production. And once I understand that we have let's say a hundred or two hundred or three hundred or four hundred thousand dollars in production, um, the creative exploratory that 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 we conduct will be aimed at commercial that don't cost more than that. And I, I think that's so critical at the beginning of an exploratory, understanding approximately how much one su- should spend and then gearing the exploratory towards that expenditure. And, uh, again, I, I've seen terrific commercials for uh, – 
you know, for, for, for next to nothing, and I've seen lousy commercials for, uh, for, for you know, for, for, mil- for a million to two million dollars. Mel Sokosh is the author of uh, Shortcuts to the Obvious, uh, How to Get More Effective Advertising More Efficiently. Good thing is we've got another segment with Mel with uh, Ray Shillings and uh, Brad Forsyth here on the Advertising Show. Simplifying the complex world of advertising. To reach Ray and Brad with your questions, log on to theadvertisingshow.com. This is The Advertising Show. You worked too hard, you ate too much, the cheesecake made you greedy. Let your aching head and stomach hear this message from Old Speedy. Alka-Seltzer, plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief. Mel didn't have a chance to fire uh, Speedy Alka-Seltzer. He dissolved all by himself. Mel Sokach, <laughs> author of Shortcuts to the Obvious, How to Get More Effective Advertising More Effectively, and uh, more efficiently, I should say. And you were, you were in the middle of discussing uh, when we took a break there. Uh, t- let's pick up on that, Mel. Okay, um, the cost um, uh, uh, the cost of production. Let, let me give you an example of a uh, of an incredibly effective commercial. My friends in the advertising business will will hate this. That that probably cost about five thousand uh, dollars. I don't know if you remember this product was called Topal. It was it sold in the uh, yeah, in, in the I think mostly in the nineteen eighties, probably in the ni- in, in the nineteen nineties. It, it, it was well, it was a toothpaste aimed toothpaste. at uh, smokers and smokers' stain. Oh yeah. And uh, the guy who ran the co- company was, um, you know, an, uh, an advertising guy uh, to a fairly well, and he understood demonstrations and how demonstrations in advertising. And uh, he had a local um, TV station do a commercial. You know, they've got all the equipment, and it was a woman smoking a cigarette through a, a handkerchief. Mm-hmm. And, and she pulled the cigarette away, and you saw this this ugly stain on the handkerchief. And that was the essence of the commercial. The commercial cost about, you know, five or six or seven thousand dollars to produce. There were a couple of different, you know, versions of it. And um, he ended up selling Topol toothpaste for something like forty million dollars three or four or five years later, uh, running advertising that cost next to nothing. Um, at the same time, we talked about iPod uh, a, little, a little bit earlier. Those commercials are the highest level of, um, you know, of, 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 uh, of computer-generated um, graphics. Uh, computer graphics are very, very expensive. Uh, those commercials also involve terrific music. Uh, so the combination of buying that music and creating those graphics, you know, I'm certain are, are in the many hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even more than that. Those commercials are painstakingly put together. Uh, uh, certainly not like that little Topol commercial I, I mentioned a, bo- uh, a moment ago. So both of those commercials are very effective. One, you know, uh, many hundreds of thousands of dollars, perhaps over a million dollars, when you include the cost of buying the uh, the music, uh, versus that little five thousand dollar commercial. Both are very very effective. So it's hard to give a, a definitive answer. It depends on the complexity of the commercial. Average commercials, network commercials, high quality commercials, uh, according to the four rays are around. Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So yeah, and I th- I think the key there is uh, for the for the clients out there listening is give your give your agency some guidelines Absolutely. and and hopefully uh, let them understand what your limitations are or, or what you're willing to invest in, in production and I think you'll get a better better execution because they can work from a, a, from a understanding of what can be spent. Nothing worse, I guess, than coming up with a great idea and realizing that you just wasted all your time 
with a great idea that you can't afford to execute. Just about a minute here, Brad. Yeah, we have just a minute left. Uh, Mel, what's the single most uh, important piece of advice or wisdom that you can impart to fellow advertising professionals that are listening today? Well, look, at the the end of the day, there's nothing more important than the creative strategy against which which your advertising is is written. If your creative strategy isn't, uh, you know, doesn't represent a a clear, motivating, differentiating um, um, benefit and, and, and reason why, then the chances of getting creative that is any good is diminished greatly, and if your creative isn't any good, the media investment that you make behind it is, 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 is invariably not going to pay out. So if there's any place that, that one should really, really focus, it's, it's, it's on that creative strategy. At the end of the day, nothing counts, mo- you know, nothing counts more, and the best creative strategies, again, are, are, are based, on clear motiv- uh, based on a clear, motivating, and differentiating um, point of difference. And uh, if you can focus there, the rest of it, um, you know, um, you, you can't, you, you've got to focus on all of it. But if you, if you focus there, you've got a shot at the rest of it taking care of itself. If you don't focus there and you don't get that initial strategy right, it, it's, it's very difficult to, uh, you know, to, to end up with advertising that uh, pays back uh, what often can be, uh, you know, a very high investment. Sounds like a missing link and a great thing for an advertiser or a business person to pick up, too, for the brand new year. Hey, Mel, thanks for being on the advertising show. Go get the book, okay? It's called Shortcuts to the Obvious, How to Get More Effective Advertising More Efficiently. Best of best of luck to you in 07, Mel. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. A pleasure being with you. Likewise. Thank Good you, Mel. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Uh, these are the three largest selling soft drinks. Now, let's have a look and see what makes them so popular. Uh, as you can see, this one is a cola. It looks like a cola. Has trans fats and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Mel Sokach, our special guest. Thanks again, Mel. It, 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 this is a good book for somebody yeah. who's thinking about advertising in 07. Maybe you could teach your agency, hopefully not, uh, a lesson or two about uh, what to do. With, uh, at least you'll have good questions uh, during <laughs> Yeah. During the interviews. Well, what about the uh, production budget? Or what about Mel told me to spend 300000 on my TV. Can you do it? Yeah. We're going to pull that out of your budget. That'll leave you 100 bucks. Right. Buy an outlet. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's, that's good. Go get the book. It's a good book. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, Jeffrey Gittimer, as always, a uh, great way to start out the new year. Uh, Gittimer's talking about this week powerful lead-in questions, which is, I guess, what we do here on the advertising show, in addition to a lot of listening as well. Let's listen to Jeffrey right now. Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. Let me share with you the most powerful lead-in to a question. When you begin a question with the phrase, what's been your experience with? Prospects turn into wisdom providers instead of information providers. Instead of giving them your wisdom, buyers would like you a whole lot more when you ask for their wisdom. Unfortunately, salespeople think they have to educate the buyer. Nothing could be further from the truth. Buyers don't want education. They want answers. Your questions set the stage for the buying process. Now, you may think of it as the selling process, but you're thinking wrong. Your job is to set the buying tone by engaging the prospect intellectually 
and emotionally. And when you begin with what's been your experience, you're going to get both. Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. Well, because you didn't spend enough, that's all. It's no big yeah. deal. Uh, speaking of ads, did you hear about this? Um, uh, a Buffalo Bills fan has won the Super Bowl ad contest? No, I haven't. But okay. who com- who's competition? Uh, well, it says uh, Gino Bana, 33, one of 1,700 fans who auditioned concepts at the stadiums this fall. Uh, this past week, the NFL announced that his idea will make it into a 30-second commercial to air during the February 4th Super Bowl telecast. For okay. the NFL. For the NFL, yeah. Hmm. Bona, who is, Bona, I guess, B-O-N-A, Director of Business Development for a Portland, Maine marketing firm. Well, that that's not fair. No. Says he tapped into his own... Pathetic emotions for the idea, a tongue-in-cheek take on the heavy heart fans have when the NFL season ends. I think the NFL fans are like me. He's a Buffalo Bills fan, and we get depressed when we think about what Sundays are going to be like for the next six months. My suggestion is Gino, get a life. He's a professional. He's well. He's a professional ad guy, which makes That's it kind what of, I'm saying. Kind of funky to want to. No, really. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. by the way, Gino, you're disqualified. Okay. Yeah. So, Gino and uh, yeah, that like is your that's pizza though. The correct and you know what, what was his first name Bona? No, last name was Bona. Gino oh, Bona. Well, no wonder he got into advertising. Hey, I, I finally realized who Mel was reminding me of as far as his voice. That would be Donald Trump. Donald he sounded Trump. a little. He sounded a little Donald Trumpy. Did he? I mean, with the accent a little bit, just it, a slight accent. He he sophisticated. Quaff that way too. In, in a sophisticated way, I oh, meant that. I see. Okay. Yeah, not in a, you know... kindest way. Yeah, <laughs> not, not like you're fired, you know, not, not like that. Hey, you know, we always like to have new business leads here in New York, uh, out of New York. Volvo eyes seven contenders, uh, which have reached the uh, semifinal round, and so this is not a new business lead. It's too late if you weren't a part of the other competition. $150 million for Volvo Creative. Uh, apparently, uh, the finalists are Havas, Euro RSCG, yeah. and its sibling Arnold. Uh, Publicist Groups Fallon, WPP Groups J. Walter T- JWT, and mm-hmm. Ogilvy Mather, and also Independent Strawberry Frog and Omnicom Groups 180. Those are the last two. Okay, uh, I'm going with Strawberry Frog for the win. Okay, okay let's well, check let's, in on that. Strawberry we, Frog for the win. Okay, well, we'll check back. That's uh, Let's see. We expect to hear uh, finalists uh, will be taking place in March, so we'll we'll update that in March. Hey, remember, Strawberry Frog. Got it. Strawberry Frog to win. Yes, exactly. And right. And uh, let's see, JWT to place. You're not and, going with the uh, trifecta. And uh, let's see, uh, Fallon to show. Sure, well. They're going to use the old BMW stuff on that. That'll be great. We had Mr. Fallon on. Yes. And he was and Mr. he was showing yeah. here on the show. Yes, he was. Yes, uh, he, I'm surprised. I thought they didn't do pitches. Uh, Judith, that's Callis. true. <laughs> that's true. He said that, didn't he? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. so what'd you do? Yeah. Uh, Judith Callis is our special guest uh, next week here on the advertising show. Judith is the author of Because Netiquette Matters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Send me an email. Netiquette Matters. She'll so. send you an email. She's uh, she's uh, she's big into uh, she's the. Uh, 
part of this organization called the HTML Society or something like mm-hmm. that, or well, the HTML Writers Guild. Right. They all get together and email each other. It's real fun. Well, I've been spamming her ever since we knew we were going to get her on the show. Actually, she was quoted. <laughs> she was quoted in uh, the New York Times in an article about uh, about uh, email and so forth. And it was an interesting article and should be an interesting show. Good. Uh, I sent her an email and she said, "You're pissing me off with all these words. Get it down to one sentence." Exactly. No, she didn't say yes. that. No, she said, "I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk." Well, there's a line that nobody's <laughs> used. Oh, uh, so new for '07. Exactly, Mendo. So Judith, uh, with us next week. And go get the book uh, from uh, uh, Mel and, and go to his diner, too. Shortcuts to the obvious, how to get more effective advertising more efficiently as well. Mel's got a lot of great stuff to say as well. Hey, by the way, the uh, the Advertising Show website powered by Shipple.com. That's S-C-H-I-P-U-L.com. Say it with me. And Ed Shipple's just a great guy, a lot of great technology. As a matter of fact, they just redesigned their site as well. It's pretty cool. And it was before, but it's a very efficient marketing show, so check it out. The Advertising Show sponsored by... Advertising Age magazine, you can visit them online at adage.com with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. How about that? The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production.